Hi, my beautiful people. This is Spill With Me, Jenny D. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am so excited. I've been wanting to do this for so long. I'm giving you a real big hug right now. I don't know if you can feel it, but I'm giving you this big hug because I feel like everybody needs a hug or a, hey, you're doing great or you look nice or just compliment each other. I mean, see, I felt like I needed to start this because I've been running into so many people that just want to talk about their life experiences, the relationships or like any story they needed to share. This could be something magical or something they wanted to share, but they're afraid of what others would think, me included. Or if you're hurting inside or have a funny story about life lessons you'd like to talk about, I would love for you to reach out. This could be the worst or your best times. Listen, I have some good topics. We're going to have a lot of fun because I believe the best medicine is to talk about it because someone else is dealing with the same shit. Hi, everybody. Another episode of Spill With Me, Jenny D. And I'm so excited. I met this beautiful young lady, Valerie, at a networking group. And her story, oh, you're not even going to believe her story and what she's done with her life so far. And she's young. And I envy her of all the things that she's done, her trips and everything. So hi, Valerie. Thanks for joining us today. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. I'm so excited, too. Now, tell us a little bit. I'm from Indiana. Indiana. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I grew up in Indiana my whole life. And my entire childhood, I wanted to go to Africa. And I, I mean, I don't think I knew more than one or two people who had ever been. And I was just obsessed for some reason with the idea of going. Were you in high school and you said, you know what, I'm going to do it? Or did, were you I was dreaming of it my whole life. And then after I graduated college, I was like, no, I have to go. Before I start a real job, I have to go. So I took three months off and I went to Ethiopia and I volunteered. Oh, yeah. Tell us about that. It was eye-opening is the word I would say. Yes. You know, I I went to school for social work. So when I went there to volunteer, I was really shocked that all the nonprofits and the charities, especially the American ones, were not doing what they were saying they were doing. So I saw a lot of um, nonprofits that you'd recognize these names. They were operating illegally. Oh. Yes. And how do we not know about this? You know, because I think their marketing is really, really good. So they say they're doing certain things. But when I was there, I was seeing that most of the money was benefiting the American who was running it. The money wasn't helping the community. And in some cases, some of the projects were actually backfiring and causing more harm than good. Oh, no. I can't believe this is going on. We didn't even know. Yeah, I think it's actually more common. So I also realized that when I was volunteering, I was I was actually taking jobs away from local people, which is very common when you volunteer here abroad. Um, and it was, I was kind of aiding the, the white savior complex. And I would, I'm definitely a firm believer that people should not volunteer when they go to Africa. That's kind of what I learned from that experience. Oh, wow. Cause how, how did you learn that? You just realized. Yeah. I just saw that, you know, a lot of time volunteers were taking jobs that locals could have had, um, were distributing the aid in a way that's not sustainable. There's just a lot of kind of negative impact behind it. So it was a really big lesson. Um, but at the same time, I did love Ethiopia. I mean, like, I, I love the yes, culture. Yes. I love the people. I love the food. Ethiopian coffee is 
best coffee oh, in the world. Really? <laughs> I'm a coffee girl. They're the country that invented coffee. Oh, I didn't even know that. There's mm-hmm. so much about Ethiopia yeah. that I would not even no, know. No, it's a really fascinating country. So yes. it was, I mean, that was my experience. And I was like, I love this country, but volunteering and charity is not, not the way it should be done. That's right. not how our interaction should be. So after my trip, I went back to the U.S. I got my master's in social work. I worked for a little bit. And every single day, I thought about my time in Ethiopia. I could not get it out of my head. And I was like, why am I so drawn to this country? Why can I not get Africa out of my head? Why can I not get Ethiopia out of my head? And so I was like, I have to go back. Because I have to see, is that like a one-time experience that was great because of the people I was with? Or is there a reason that I'm like drawn to drawn to the continent like a like a magnet? So at well, this, you're such a giving person, and you felt like you need to make an impact. I mean, I can see that being a social worker, mm-hmm. right? That's yeah. I definitely had a, a strong feeling to make a social impact, but also, I mean, I just kept thinking of like the language and the food and the people. I was just like so fascinated with this country I knew nothing about, and so I was like, if Ethiopia surprised me so much, what about the rest of African countries? What are they like? Are they the same? Are they different? Yes. So I started having these dreams of like, what if I just took a road trip? across the continent. Oh my gosh, (laughs) you are so brave. Well, at the time, people thought I was crazy. (laughs) No one supported this idea. My mom was totally freaked out. If my daughter was going to tell me, I'd be be nervous. Yeah, it was... By yourself? Totally by myself. So I quit Um. my job. I booked a one-way ticket to Cape Town, and it was just me, my backpack, and my tent. <gasps> and I had never even been backpacking before either. So I was like, "Are you a hiker? Or I you know how to backpack." No, I have like no survival skills. <laughs> oh no! Um, no, that's not yeah. good. <laughs> but like the desire to travel was so strong that I was like, "I just have to go." And worst case scenario, I just buy a ticket back. You yes, know, you'll figure it out. Yeah. So I thought I would travel for maybe like six weeks, and even when I arrived. In in Cape Town, I was still kind of freaked out about the safety, but I started traveling. I met other backpackers. Oh, really? There's so many. You're like, kidding me. There's like this whole world of backpackers in Africa that people don't know about. In fact, I would meet backpackers in one country and then meet them in a different country. You're kidding no, me. And they were Americans? Americans, Europeans. I met a lot of Israelis, um, like everybody. And they're all friendly. And- oh my gosh, so friendly. I have like friends that I still keep in touch with from this trip. Oh, that's yeah. so great. It was amazing. So I ended up going through um, 13 African countries. I backpacked the entire length of the continent from South Africa to Egypt, seven months, and I did it without a plane. So it was a lot of buses and hitchhiking. and Hitchhiking? Oh, my gosh, yeah. And <laughs> No, I would never hitchhike in America. Right. Um, but you felt safe there? I felt super safe. And there's actually now statistics that I think like 20 or 23 African countries are safer than the U.S. <gasps> so there's wow. like this, there's still like this sense of innocence and this trust. And I would say though, all the African countries are very different. But the one thing that is the same is they treat foreigners so kindly. Jeez. Very hospitable. So everywhere I went, people looked after me. They would buy me meals. They would invite me to their home. They would give oh. me rides. One girl gave me her shoes. You're kidding me. <laughs> I was like walking in a mud pile and my flip-flops got stuck and she ran to her home, gave me her tennis shoes, made me put them on without socks. She carried my muddy sandals back to where I was staying and then she's like, you can just have the tennis shoes. I think you need them. <gasps> You're kidding me. No. I mean, did you have money when you were over there? I mean, I didn't have, I mean, I was a 
backpacker, but compared to probably what that girl was making and her salary, like I had significantly more, but oh, just wow. very, very generous. So it's something giving. I saw. giving. I mean, to yeah. give her shoes to mm-hmm. you. So it was like so eye-opening because I learned so much about the countries. I went to the country of Sudan as well, which most Americans are told never to go to. Probably the nicest people in all of Africa is the Sudanese. You're kidding. Yeah, and the best desserts. I gained like 10 pounds. That's like my only <laughs> my only warning about that country is that you will gain where weight. Would you get, where would you get the desserts? Like, was Everywhere. Like restaurants? It was like or? kind of like baklava kind of desserts. There was like lots of honey and nuts, and they just sold them everywhere, and they were so good. Oh, you're kidding. Like, yeah. Were you walking around, like, was there a town? Yeah, there's like had... towns. There's little cafes. Um, there's also pyramids in Sudan, which no one knows about. So I went to the pyramids yeah. in Sudan, the pyramids in Egypt. So I just had seven months of incredible experiences. And I think my takeaway from this is that if you have a dream, you got to do it. It doesn't matter if it seems scary or people don't support it, or even if you don't know how to do it. Like I didn't know how to backpack. I didn't have a map. I didn't know how to cross borders, but yes. I took a one-way ticket to South Africa and I figured that out along the way. And, and every, this was how many years ago? I was 25 at the time. Okay. Mm-hmm. So do you think it's still okay to do it in this day and age? Definitely. Yeah. Okay. Because after my trip, I moved to Ethiopia. So I just spent the past eight years. I just moved back to the U.S. like two months ago. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So I've been in Africa this whole time, traveling to other countries, still kind of when I was living there. And I would meet travelers who were also doing the Cape Town to Cairo route like I did. And I would say you should still use common sense. Um, But I would say for the most part, it's still, those are some of the best countries in the world to travel. Did you learn the language at all? So in Ethiopia, they have 80 languages. (gasps) (laughs) Okay. I can't (laughs) I'm learning. Learning one of them, which is Amharic. Um, I've never even heard it. You're like educating me. <laughs> no, I have no idea. I didn't know either because Americans really we don't know much about. We're Africa. sheltered here. We are sheltered, and I I definitely recommend people to to travel to an African country. Um, again, I would say don't volunteer. Travel instead, right? Because travel I need actually you to be creates, my tour guide. Would you I go with be. me? <laughs> yes, I will design your whole trip. Um, yeah, I would love to do that. I really, it's amazing experience. But what did you do for eight years in Ethiopia? Okay, so because I have, you know, a social work background and because I had that kind of first horrible experience in Ethiopia when I realized charities weren't working, while I was backpacking, although I was having like tons of fun, I also stopped at nonprofits, charities, missionaries that my parents' church had supported, um, tech hubs, women associations, schools. And I was like so curious, like what is actually working in Africa? Yes. You know, what, what is helping? And time and time again, I found business. Like actually good business that creates a lot of jobs, especially jobs for women, creates the biggest impact in African communities. Wow. So when I moved to Ethiopia, I spent eight years working with different businesses to help them find American buyers or I would help them find funding because African companies really don't have access to finance. And Again, I just feel so convinced because I've seen women's lives change when they get good jobs. I've seen how they are able to then take care of their children. I've seen that if you actually are directly buying from Africa, you actually help the environment. Because a lot of things are sourced from Africa, but they're not, you know, taken directly to the consumer. So, for example, Ethiopian coffee is bought from Ethiopia, maybe goes to Germany for processing, and then the U.S. So, you're getting a lot of this kind of crazy trade lines, and it's actually 
increasing the problems with we, when we have like with the environment. It's like third party. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So there's just kind of like a lot of things. So if you actually just directly buy from African companies, you're going to do a lot of good for the environment as well. Oh right. Mm-hmm. I mean, you were telling me about those stores um, that were the women were making bathing suits. Yes. Or... Okay. So then I well, you know, recently I started this company called Cradle, yes. and it's a B two B e-commerce. Yeah. So spell that, honey. It's, it's just... Cradle without the A. C R D L E. Okay. So it's kind of because, you know, Africa is a cradle of humanity. Nice. I like yeah. that. Yes. <laughs> and we've connected to these really cool brands all over Africa. And so one of them is in Mauritius, and they make swimsuits that the material is actually made from plastic taken from the ocean. That is so interesting. But they're so cute. Like, it sounds like you're like, how I'd love work? to see what it looks I'm gonna like. I want to send you. I know. They're so I cute. It's see. called Imadora, by the way. And they follow all slow fashion principles, and they're super ethical, um, women-owned. <sighs> I love them. And so we've connected with them. We've connected with companies who are like on Vogue that you didn't even know. Like sometimes we have this, like we have a lot of stereotypes about Africa. So we think maybe the quality is not good or it's not going to be cute fashion. But yeah, these companies are saving the environment, getting featured on Vogue. Um, We have a company in Uganda started by a Ugandan woman and she's a national geographic explorer. Wow. And she has a coffee company and all the profits are going to um, help gorilla and gorilla conservation. Oh, Yes. So wonderful. Yeah. So, and I could just go on and on about all the brands we have, but, um, what a difference you made though for your eyes being over there and seeing firsthand mm -hmm. what's going on and things that are not working. Yeah. I think it's really, now that I'm back in the U S I do feel like there's this need to speak up and tell, tell Americans maybe a few things because not everyone has been able to go to the continent and see for themselves. But I would again, first say, don't go to Africa on a missions trip or volunteering. Just go travel. You'll have a great time. Your money will go to the community. It will go towards rural areas that really need your money. Um, and it'll be more of an ethical exchange because you get to see who they are and you get exactly. to experience their good things instead of just instead of just thinking, like, I can help them. But right. you know, you you to talk to them, though? I know you were saying 80 languages. <laughs> yeah, you know, I would say most, a lot of people will speak English. Really? So in every African country, you'll find an English speaker. How did they learn all these languages and we all, I can't, you know, I, think I took French, I don't really know any French. No, I mean, I think, you know, English, everyone's starting to learn it. And if you look at, like, let's say European countries, uh, my brother-in-law is Dutch and he speaks, like, I think, like, four or five languages. Yes. So I think it's just Americans who aren't as yes. good, but it's just not, they don't provide that. Yeah. I would say most, a lot of people in Africa speak probably English and like an, another language, um, if okay. not more. So, right. yeah, super common. So, yeah, English is super widespread. Yes. So, tell us more about Ethiopia because I want to hear this love story. Yeah. Oh, I should have said that. <laughs> it's supposed to be a secret. <laughs> well, I think it's again like when you follow your heart, you end up in places you didn't. And so, because I was living in Ethiopia for eight years, I met um, my husband along the way. <laughs> That's so exciting. Yes, so he's Ethiopian. He was actually my neighbor, so... I know. Like, was this, like, the first year or the second? Like, it was, did... I think, the second year that we met. So you were friends. Mm-hmm. So we were friends first, and then we kind of started dating along the way, and now we've been married five and a half years. We oh, have um, a super cute, wild toddler who's <laughs> <laughs> keeping us busy. Oh, I'm um, so happy. Yeah. So, so you found your love. Mm-hmm. You found your passion. Mm-hmm. I mean, all these things that you found, Valerie, like I feel like you made such an impact on these people. And your yeah. husband is probably so proud that you were there to, yeah. you know, you found each other. I feel like 
you know, I feel like African businesses are making the impact, but I feel like the media is just not helping support them. And so there needs to be a voice that's saying all these crazy stories and stereotypes you hear about Africa are either not true or taken out of context. Right. And I spent eight years on the continent, and here's what I know, that doing business with Africa is great for the African communities, and it's also a smart business move. It gets you really cool products that you would never have right. for your business, for your restaurant, for your grocery store. You get really cool, unique products. You get ones with like a social impact, with a story, yes. something that your consumers will love. So I think doing business with Africa is the future, and I just want to be here and say, this is some better ways that you can work with the continent. So how would we go about that? Mm-hmm. Well, I would say you can go to our website. So it's cradle.com, C-R-D-L-E.com. And you can just scroll through all the products we have. And if you like any of them, if you see those really cool swimsuits, you can just like hit a quote and we'll give you I want to get some information. <laughs> yeah. So we are B2B focused. We're really trying to like um, connect these like business owners and um, people who can kind of buy more in bulk. But um, that's what we're going for. But I'm also just here. I mean, like for anyone who just wants to reach out, if they want travel advice, if they... Yes. If they want to run anything past me, I have a lot of connections in African countries, and I'm happy to kind of like help connect you're people. Like a, you're like a travel agent. <laughs> yeah. You are a reporter. You are a, yeah. you help, you know, mm-hmm. probably try to help women and, yeah. and children and men, of, you know, in Ethiopia and Africa to like get jobs. Mm-hmm. You are just making such a nice, you know, way I, they're living and seeing how they're living. Yeah. I think it's just... Are they happy over there? Like, have you seen a lot of happy people? Yeah. I think that's like the stereotype that they're they're happy. So I would definitely say that's... I mean, I, I do see kids seem so happy with even like little things, but I would also say the countries are so, so diverse. So you can't just really just sum it up in like little statements. You should really go visit. But right. I would say that... Americans spend so much time trying to help African countries that we miss that a lot of them have so many cool values and so many cool things that they can teach us. Being an Ethiopian, having an Ethiopian husband, I've learned a lot about the importance of community and family. And, you know, I leaned so far of being an independent backpacker that, you know, coming on the other side, I've learned to really embrace community and embrace people near me and um, parenting tips and things that I never would have had, I've learned from there. So I guess I'm really grateful for the lessons I've learned because right. it's changed my life. Give us an example of what lesson, like the family. Yeah. I think, I mean, the, probably the, the classic thing that everyone's heard is like, it takes a village to raise a child. Yes. And I really learned to rely on, like, I don't have to be everything for my son. Like, I can be a really good mom, but I can rely on his grandma and our friends. And, you know, everyone can kind of, like, like I don't have to do it all. I see a lot of, like, my friends who are moms in America, they're really stressed out and they yes. have to have big birthday parties and they have to be on top of everything. And I feel like in Ethiopia, there was like this permission that everyone can help raise the child and everyone can help out and be there for each other. And, um, that's wonderful. Yeah. We used to live really close to my in-laws. So there, my son was always there and playing with his cousins and playing with the neighbors. And it was just a little bit more relaxed than I think the American life is. And I think that's like really positive that he got to be around all kinds of different people. Yeah. You didn't have to have that elaborate party and yeah. Oh, look at this party I'm having. I'm having, you know, um, elephants come. <laughs> yeah. Rides I get overwhelmed when I see, like, oh, my gosh, these kids' birthday parties are, like, everything's matching. And, it's like, you know, at the end, it's, yes. it's just, like, can we bring people together and have a good time and have right. community just and celebrating. We're just celebrating. Yes. You know, somebody's so, birthday. Mm-hmm. So I think it's, like... Yeah, I've learned to take the pressure off myself. And that's the advantage of also living abroad, whether it's in an African country or somewhere else, that 
you know, you learn so much and you pick up different values. So, I mean, I would tell any college student or anyone, like spend some time abroad as well. If you can, three months, six months, you know, it will change your life. I love how you say follow your dream. Mm -hmm. It's the safest thing to do. I mean, if you don't follow your dream, you know, when I look back at my friends who didn't follow their dream, they're just miserable now. So right. they're either depressed or they feel like something's missing from their life or they're drinking too oh, much. Yeah. I'm right there. I mean, yeah. yeah, I was doing the same thing. You mm-hmm. know, and I finally followed my dream and I, you know, I'm 50 yeah. years old, but I'm like, I look at you and I'm thinking, you have your whole life to make an impact. And I'm so proud of you. Thank I you. Mean, well, it's never too late to follow your dream. No. The important thing is that you do it. And you're so brave. I mean, I don't know a lot of people, especially, you know, I, mm-hmm. I can't see my daughter doing it, but going to, she might though. Yeah. It's it's different now, but going to a foreign country by yourself with just a backpack mm-hmm. and, a, and a tent mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, yeah. just being there. It's just... I think I just felt deep down so led to be there. And I, I just kept having these dreams of like a road trip, you right. know? And I think whether your dream is travel or something else, like you probably had a dream to speak up and to use your voice for years, right? right. And so now you're doing it as a podcaster. So it's not really scary for you because deep down, you know that's what you're supposed to do. Right. So I think everybody deep down kind of has that feeling or that desire. But they don't want to do it. I can't do it. I I don't have the money. I don't have the time. But that's like the most unsafe thing you can do because that's going to lead you to being, yeah, like we we discussed, you're not going to feel good. Right. So just take the first step. Um, you know, even for me, when I was backpacking, I was like, okay, I can always buy a flight home. You know, so like you can have a flight. You can start true. a podcast and then end it. You could, right. but at least you did it. Exactly. You know, and you learned. So I think it's just, I hope whoever's listening just takes the first step towards their dream. Right. And listening to you, I'm thinking, you know, you're educating me. <laughs> like, I feel like I'm the student here, you know, because yeah. of all the things that you've seen. It's just your, like your way of life now and how you are yeah. telling other people, like, just follow your dream. It's mm-hmm. so true because mm-hmm. we do put everything on hold. Yeah. You know, we just can't do it now. I got to do this. I got to yeah. do that. But it's always an excuse. Did you notice, did they work how we work over here? Like, you know, they, I would say they, they put people first. So even maybe if they're running late, and again, this is like a stereotype but I found it true that they they value people over time so if if they're running late but they see that I'm having a bad day they'll take time to have coffee with me first you know they'll be late to a meeting because they saw that I needed help um you know with business they you know it's not just like what would be good business they find people that they want to work with and it's really on like if they like you as a person and they think you can get along I saw in Ethiopia it's really really common to have coffee ceremonies and long lunches with people so I think that's just a a different way they do business is that they prioritize a relationship but in the end it makes business so much more satisfying it does oh my gosh I'm gonna be late my boss is Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know I'm I'm late for this meeting they're gonna think I'm not serious about what I'm doing Mm -hmm. we do put a lot of pressure on ourselves yeah a lot of anxiety you know yeah and it's just you you gotta wake up every morning and say you know what life is good yeah life is really good and I think they yeah I think what I learned in Ethiopia is they're so much better like just enjoying enjoying life along the way and having nice coffee throughout the day and having a good lunch and they take time for that and I think that doing business in African countries is very challenging And that's why, again, I always say African business owners are the heroes of the story. They face so many challenges, but they're so optimistic and they keep going and they're creating major differences in their communities. So as much as possible, I just want to help support them and make it easy for them to find customers. Oh, wow. You are such a giving person. You really are. (laughs) Well, okay. One last statistic you should know is that um, I found the statistic that says like, if we were to increase exports in Africa by just 1%, 
you would create 70 billion in revenue per year, which is three times more revenue than the continent receives in aid. And that would lift 100 million people out of poverty. Oh my God. Yeah. Just 1% increase in business. That's amazing. Yes. I mean, I don't know. Right? I feel like you need to write a book. You need <laughs> well, to write a book about this. It's you just need to help other people know. That I didn't know. And I was yeah. like, if we can just increase business by 1% by connecting you to these cool businesses, there would be just such a, a huge impact. And again, like the environmental impact, you cannot ignore it. And when we have these environmental issues, I think, what is it like? What is Earth going to be like for my son when he's 30 or 40 it's or 50? True. And so that I'm really, true. I think after giving birth, I was like, I only want to do a business that would have a positive impact on the globe. And believe it or not, Trade with Africa is actually one of those things that could help. Oh, my goodness, Valerie. I am just so impressed by you. (laughs) I mean, your voice is going to matter. Thank you. You're talking about things that I didn't even know what was going on. You know, I I feel sheltered here. I feel like I'm in this bubble of, like, you hear things or see things on TV. But is this really real life that's going on? It's taken so out of context. It is. Yeah. It's really sad. And I feel like your voice and what you have brought to this podcast today, I do feel like you're going to help someone. Because there could be people that are giving money to Ethiopia Mm -hmm. that don't know where it's going or exactly if it's really benefiting the people. And I would say there's a few. So I don't want to There's a couple good ones. If I know one in Ethiopia that does a great job with um, street children. That's like the only one out of eight years that I like. Um, But I would say... Yeah, if you're planning on volunteering, just switch it to like a family vacation in Africa. And instead of just donating blindly or giving blindly, if you're a business owner, you can do business with Africa. And if you don't know how, reach out to me and I will find a way to help you. Definitely. So go go on your website. And get in contact with yeah. you, and you'll help anybody. So, yeah. oh my goodness, I'm, I'm so excited for this because I feel like, you know, I mean, we are all living our lives, mm-hmm. and we sometimes we don't want to know what's going on. Like, yeah. oh, oh my, what can I do? One yeah. person, but I feel like anybody can help a country by donating even like a dollar or you know five dollars or whatever mm-hmm. monthly something like that. Or just to instead, help. you know what you can do is you can go to your grocery store and buy products that were made in Africa. So, for right. example, yeah, like tell me some um, there's some really cool vanilla ones that you'll see like made in Madagascar. Um, maybe you'll see like a chocolate bar that was made in Uganda. So even oh. just buying products that were sourced from there as a consumer is a great thing you can do. Okay, we can find that at our local grocery. Yeah, store. and I like interrogate every cashier. I'm like, why don't you have more products from Africa? <laughs> <laughs> um, don't yeah, you walk in there like here she goes. Here she goes. I'm an advocate, but I'm going to no. tell you what I want. Every, everywhere I go, you find you find some products, whether it's like Ethiopian coffee or, you know, buy those. It really does make a difference. You should say something and you should say say something something. to the store owner. (laughs) Yeah, you go, girl. I love Um, it. Yeah, but there's like that that thing that it's like confusing to connect to African companies and we're we're trying to take that away. And well, you know, it just makes you wonder why. Yeah. Yeah. And the truth is, you know, African countries are starting to do a lot of trade with the rest of the world, with Europe, with Asia. So honestly, Americans are getting left behind because we let these stereotypes get in the way. But it's the second biggest continent. There's over a billion people. So if you're not doing good trade with Africa, you're kind of missing out. Exactly. So it's, it's, again, the smartest thing you can do. Right. I hope somebody out there listening (laughs) has a store, reaches out to us and help support them. Mm -hmm. I would love to try some of that. I mean, you're... 
I'm still thinking about that coffee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Valerie, if there's anything else you would like to tell our listeners. I would say just follow your heart. You don't know where it's going to, you don't know where you're going to end up, but it's going to be so worth it. And exactly. that's the lesson I think I've learned in life the biggest. Wow. And you already learned that <laughs> at your young age. <laughs> oh, Valerie. But there's like new dreams. You have to keep pursuing new things you as do. you grow. You do. So, you yeah. grow as a person knowing yeah. what's going out there, you know, mm-hmm. pursuing something, doing something you would never do. Right. I so enjoyed our talk yeah. today. Me too. I love your, like, I love your podcast. Aww. I love everything you're doing. You guys, yes. like, you're my new person I'm subscribing to and listening to. Oh, so. my gosh. You're so sweet. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> I'm going to have you on again. Okay. Please. I'm telling you, like, I'm there's here for so it. many messages. I'd, I'd <laughs> love to have your husband on. Mm-hmm. You know, and just talk about comparison to, you know, being in Ethiopia yeah. now being here in the we US. Have some funny takeaways. We'll give him a couple more months. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. Aww. Thank you so much Thank for joining you. Spill with me, Jenny D. Take care. <laughs> Bye. Thank you so much for joining me with Spill with Me, Jenny D. You can be anonymous, planning on having guest speakers or anyone who wants to share their life experiences on the topic we covered that week. I'm going to post all that on my Facebook and website so you will see what I'll be talking about that week. So give me a call. I can pre-record and put you on my, my episode that day. I stress this. I personally feel to heal yourself is to talk about it. And if we can help each other instead of keeping it bottled up and just release it, I think that it's going to help all of us. And let's have a lot of fun. I can't wait to hear from you guys. Oh, I'm so excited. This is still with me, Jenny Dean.